Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you follow me on socials at MLUPod, and you can listen to the entire archive of My Little Underground over at PeterARadio.com slash MLUPod. Today on the show, all the way from Seattle, we have Mount Fog talking about her 2021 album Guide to the Unusual being released on cassette. And on this cassette, there is a demo of a song off her yet-to-be-announced new project that's coming. So we talked about the details of this new project and her growing collection of physical music like cassette, CDs, and vinyl. Uh, the importance of their project to the Seattle arts community and how Mount Fog is a casual wrestling fan. I did not let her leave this interview until we talked about her newfound appreciation to pro wrestling. So please help me welcome Mount Fog to My Little Underground. Well, Carolyn, Mount Fog, thank you for coming down for coming down from your mountaintop to talk no to me problem. here on My Little Underground. Um, I think it's very cool that you uh, go to wrestling shows in Seattle. Um, that is really cool. You may have more to talk about um, after <laughs> we talk about, um, you know, your artistic work. Um, so I'm very excited as you are because your album from 2021, Guide to the Unusual, is yeah. out on cassette, which is great yes. through Ghost Mountain Records. Now, yes. what's interesting about this is that not only are you on cassette, and I think your music is very cassette friendly, like you and our mutual friend, Old Man of the Woods, but there's a demo on the cassette for your mm -hmm. upcoming project that has yet to be announced. Now, I yes. want to know the mentality of doing this kind of promotional tactic in a very digital world. Yes. Ooh. So here's the thing. I never thought, and I'm really not, putting on any airs here. I never thought of it as a promotional tactic. It was more like we've got space on the, on the tape. What do we want to put in the space? And um, I thought, Hey, I've got a ton of demos from this project. I'm it's in the works. Um, there's one that I feel like this song is going to get a little more produced, but it's not going to change that much. So let's throw that on there. And then, you know, it just gives people who already have maybe bought my CD or bought the digital album, like a little bit, I guess in that way it is promotional, just a little more excitement to be like, hey, I'll get the cassette and get this little special preview. Um, the funny thing is the song I chose, I feel like is a little bit of an outlier from the rest of the songs on my album. So you'll see if you listen to it and I'll, I'll be curious what you think, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that 2022, and maybe we can get into this, but I think 2022 is the year where I personally am like, how do I do things that are not digital? How do I like go into the analog or to like real spaces and like interact with people and like, because I just feel like the digital realm isn't working for a lot of people. It definitely doesn't work for me a lot of the time. So I was really excited when um, the uh, Andrew, uh, who runs Ghost Mountain Records was like, hey, do you want to release your, any of your music on cassette? And I was like, absolutely. I've always wanted this album to be on cassette. Um, so it just ended up working out that I, you know, I have a bunch of demos and I chose one that I thought was going to be a fun ending to that tape. Um, but I don't think it is not necessarily like super reflective of the other songs on the upcoming album, but it's a really fun track. So that's why I chose it. But I guess in a way it is promotional, so but it wasn't really conceived of it that way. Interesting, very uh, organic. I like that. So yes. So um, you use a great word, a great phrase, I guess. Digital realm. Now, you know, what makes you, you know, um, I guess I don't want to, for lack of a better term, deterrent of the dig the current digital space that that we're living in. You know, what makes you want to, you know, what, what is bringing you to analog? Yeah, I mean, I or think physical biggest, media in general. Yeah, physical media in general. I mean, I think like few a few things. So in twenty late twenty twenty in late twenty twenty, I can't remember what year it is anymore. Um, 
uh, my father-in-law was getting rid of a record player and his record collection. And I've always been interested in vinyl, um, but never, I'm, I'm really cheap. So I'd never gone down that route. And so we ended up getting this like really amazing, I'm really into classical music and most of his records were classical music. And so we got his collection and like this record player. And then we got a few new records and I started getting pretty into listening to things on vinyl. Um, not necessarily because of the sound, but because of the, the experience of being really intentional and picking something, listening to the whole album all the way through, sort of pairing that with whatever I'm doing and being really like conscientious of that, being able to see like album artwork really big and up close. It's just a whole experience. And so that was sort of the beginning of it. And then I think that so much of our lives have been moved online and it's just this exhaustion with being on a screen and interacting with the device that is very anti-human, I think, in a lot of ways. And then I think the third part is like recent months. You know, I just think that, for instance, Spotify is not a music company. It's a data company. And it's not, does not have your best interest in mind. It certainly does not have my best interest in mind. And like, I've just had really great experiences interacting with people in shows, getting to know musicians in real life, interacting with people on Bandcamp, although Bandcamp recent news aside. So it's just like, what's giving me joy and happiness and sustenance? It's not getting the, the, the streams on Spotify. It's not, I don't even have a Spotify account. Um, so it's just like how I listen to music, how I've been getting joy out of it. And then sort of like what's been giving back to me. It's been more in that physical realm. Um, and I've pl I played a lot of shows in 2021 for better, or for worse. And people really wanted something to take away with them. And so um, I got CDs made of Guide to the Unusual. And I was like shocked that people bought CDs because like I have a 2006 Toyota Corolla, it's got a CD player, you know, like that's where I listen to CDs, but I don't think most people like have a place to listen to CDs. So it kind of made me realize like people like having a physical manifestation of an experience, whether it's going to a show or just like liking an artist or whatever, like wanting to contain that memory. So I, yeah, I mean, that was part of the motivation of releasing this on cassette was just like wanting to bring that music to people who might want to like go on a walk with their tape player and like not have their phone with them and be able to interact with the music in that way so that I think that was a really long story so I'll just stop there well you know you said a lot of things that you know are interesting that I actually connect to as far as you know Spotify right Spotify is you're right it's not just a music Co uh, company it's an audio company they want to be a, an audio platform that's why they yeah that's why they're really gun-ho on spot on podcasts and yeah. uh, you know yes they have music there but they're doing more than just music right so again i love music right so mm -hmm. i'm looking for platforms that love music that are trying yes. to show me music but again yes. i'm just like you as far as listening to like records and and physical music there is the thing where there's this intimacy where you're putting on this record and you have to sit through the whole side. You can stop it if you want to, but you know, you yeah. kind of get, you're going to mess up the needle. You might mess up the record. So yes, there is this thing where you have to like really just sit and, and listen to it. That's why I only buy records that I know I'm going to enjoy. Yes. So um, it's going to make that experience easy. And again, I'm like you, I use music as a soundtrack to everything that I do, whether it's going yeah. on a walk, I love taking yeah. walks, playing video games or, you know, preparing for a podcast or whatever I'm doing. So, yes. Um, and to, to your other point, too, your music, when I'm listening to it, I, I was thinking because I was listening to it on Bandcamp and I'm like, um, this would sound great on a physical thing. It would sound good yeah. on a cassette. Really, I thought cassettes yeah. when I'm thinking, you know, Mount Fogel from sound great on tape and then. Lo and behold, a week later, you announce it's going on. <laughs> so you don't have a Spotify yeah. account. So how do you listen to music generally? Just when you're going on a walk or when you're doing yeah. anything, going to the supermarket, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, I did. Okay. So I did have Spotify for about a year. And during that time, 
when I would go on a walk, like say I'm walking to the supermarket or just down, down the road, I literally was always listening to the same things all the time. Like my go-tos, like the things that I just, my safety, my comfort blanket music, which I'm sure you have too. Where like when you're feeling like something, you're like, I'm going to go to that song and that artist because I know it'll be okay if I listen to them. So I found that it had sort of like, I know Spotify is supposed to be about music discovery. I wasn't really discovering any new music. I think the only new artist I really ever listened to on Spotify was Nation of Language, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with them. No. I only became familiar with them because my friend literally was like, I have an extra ticket to a show. Do you want to come? And I was like, sure. And then I went and saw this band and they were incredible. Um, so I got into them. But um, now I listen to things on Bandcamp and I just listen to the whole album. So yeah, I've just been finding stuff. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's stuff in my feed. I have a collection. It's not big. I have a lot of things in my wish list. So recently I've been going back and listening to um, old Blonde Redhead albums that I don't know. Um, so that's what I do when I'm mobile. When I'm at home, it's either records. I'm a big radio person. So I usually have the radio on, the original streaming device. Um, and then, uh, so my husband actually has a giant music collection that he started making. He started collecting music by going to libraries and taking CDs home and um, I guess ripping the CD, you know, like copying it to his computer. Yeah. Um, so that's how he got his collection. Mostly is through like pirating basically. Um, oh, yeah. So we have like, we have a giant music collection on his, on our like home desktop. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out like the best way to do it because I hate, interacting with itunes and i hate like having to like buy things through through a store and then it's only valid on this device and then like all these things so recently i did get a cheap ass tape player and i'm starting to grow my tape collection because i i like tapes and i think it's fun um so i want to grow my tape collection so i have a, a collection of things that i can be like okay i'm going on a walk i'm gonna grab these two and go um because the other advantage to that is like with my iphone you are like, you have the limited shitty headphone situation. And like, I like using my big studio headphones when I listen to music. So you got to yeah. get one of these, um, you know, the converter thing. Cause I have a, cause my phone, right. It has, it takes USB-C, right. So yeah. no headphones are, you know, except for the shitty ones they give you. So I got this little, right. this gimmick, this oh, uh, converter yeah. thing and you plug it into the thing to the USB and, and then you have a little three and a half inch gimmick so you can that. listen to you yeah that's Thought it about that i just that's hate the how these like technology companies make you not only buy their exorbitantly priced device but then yeah you have to like get additional things just to like uh yeah but yeah i thought about that but i haven't really solved the puzzle yet um the other thing i like to do frankly is like i like to sort of walk around and just sing to myself and like come up with new songs so it's like I like just not listening to anything in my headphones because I'm literally on a screen all day for my job. So like oh when my. I go out, yeah, when I go out and about, sometimes I just leave my phone at home and I just like walk around singing to myself. Like that's my natural state of existence. So I, I like to do that too. So um, uh, There's more I want to touch on that in a little bit. Hold that thought. But there's okay. a few things I want to kind of poke you about. So your you're building your cassette collection, right? And this is very important. I'm very curious because I'm building a cassette collection okay. myself, um, which I started like five years ago. So tell me what are some things that you love that are in your tape deck? I have like three tapes. This is three? really new for me. This okay. is super new. I All have right. Lion Milk. Um, what's it called? What's, I don't, I'm horrible with names. I'm going to have to search my, search my band camp. There's this jazz pianist guy, Lion Milk. I hope you are well. Um, he's a, a artist from LA. He's a jazz pianist, sort of like, like vibey. I don't even know what you would call it, like free, funky dream jazz. Oh yeah, send me um, this stuff. I have that. That is one of that is one of the tapes I bought. I also have some like local musicians. I bought their tapes. So I have a tape from Catch Rabbit, which is a Seattle band, and a yeah. tape from Miranda. Um, told me about them. Oh yeah, Catch Rabbit yeah. is awesome. You should check them out. Um, 
as well as uh, Beatrix Sky. And then I have um, another tape from Ghost Mountain from this artist called Happy Axe. And she's an Australian artist who plays the saw and violin. It's really cool. It's really good. The saw? Really, yeah. Like the, the saw. like the saw that we all know of or is, is, is yeah, a, saw a saw an instrument? You can bow a saw. You can bow a saw. Wow. So she plays violin and she bows the saw and it's like really cool. She does these cool beats. Um, yeah. And then I think that's it. Like I literally just started this like a month ago where I was like, I want to get tapes. Um, Cause I have a portable CD player, but it skips a lot and it's not great. So um, I think tapes are a little more fun. So if you've got ideas or suggestions for how to build the tape collection, I think one thing I want to get is like, more things on like the sort of like dance slash Aphex Twin side of things. Cause that's kind of what I like to listen to when I'm just like bopping around is stuff like that. So um, looking for more sort of underground dance sort of techno things, I guess. DOS, DOS is a good one. She's from okay. New York. Uh, she doesn't yeah. have any tapes uh, yet. I think she does, I'm not sure. Um, there's L minus L minus really good for what you're talking about. Hang on. And, okay. Take notes. This is a note taking situation. <laughs> what was it say? L minus L minus. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, uh, Sophia Cortez's, um, okay. she, she doesn't have tapes yet, but she's on Bandcamp. Um, but she, yeah, you, you, I think you'll enjoy that. I need, I need, yeah. I need to find people who are like into the tapes world. I mean, I feel like the tape universe what I'm discovering is like it's a whole, it's a whole world. Like people are really into tapes. I love tapes because there's an intimacy to it. You know, you, mm -hmm. you put it in, you press play, and then you just and you can stop it whenever you want to. You know what I mean? And then you hit play again and it just keeps going where it left off. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's something you can physically like interact with and understand and like change. I think that's yeah. kind of fun too. So because I think there's something just very alienating about devices like this that. I mean, they're incredible, but like, you can't, you can't like the common person, I definitely cannot engineer this device in any way. I can't, I can't open it up and fix it. And I think like, there's something about technology that you can interact with and sort of like understand. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to sound like such a Luddite, but uh, I'm, so, I'm slowly becoming one. But one cool thing about Luddites that I actually learned is that originally, Luddites were all about it was actually a workers rights movement I didn't know that like I thought being a Luddite just meant you were anti-technology no it, it was actually about workers um just protesting technology kind of replacing them and taking away their dignity and their hours and all these things so it makes me feel a little bit better about becoming a Luddite <laughs> I think like being a creative is like the most human thing you can you can do like yeah. uh you know, no matter how many NFTs or how many, you know, because I heard I heard rumblings of like AIs making music. It's like you can't, you know, if a, per, a person is flawed, so you hear the flaws in the music is what makes yeah. it amazing. So um, like so with your album Guide to the Unusual, um, the inspiration, correct me if I'm wrong, came from you just taking walks and <laughs> singing to yourself, like you said before. Yeah. So, when when you're doing this are you oh well you're you know you said you leave your phone at home sometimes but like have yeah. you ever taken your phone with you and like recorded and taken voice memos or what i sometimes do that but i've never used anything i made a voice memo from for a song um most of the songs on garden unusual came about because i had an idea for like a phrase and then I was like, okay, I, I'm going to sing to this now. Or I had like a melody and then that like slowly became a song. The, it's a lot of the songs like Blue Summer. I mean, Blue Summer was an idea that came to me in early 2020. And like it morphed through so many different iterations. And like, I finally like kind of crystallized it like, seven months later like I remember I was at a Trader Joe's in Olympia Washington singing like and I was like in the wine aisle or the coffee aisle and like this guy stocking stuff was just like oh what are you singing and I was like 
I don't know. I just, it's something I'm writing. And he was like, oh, are you a musician? I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you have a band camp? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what's it called? I was like, this. And he was like, okay. And then like, he literally followed me on band camp from this like Trader Joe's interaction, which is like one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. But like, yeah, like usually, usually the way I come up with stuff is just like singing to myself. Um, and then kind of just like coming back to my synth later that evening and then just like fiddling around with it. But most of the songs on Guide to the Unusual had many, many different iterations. It was a very like iterative process for how I wrote a lot of those songs. Um, so yeah, but it, the inspiration is definitely just like a lot of, a lot of like alone time walking in the rain. I mean, so a lot of my life is that um so <laughs> yeah I think it's so fascinating that somebody specifically asks you what your band camp is usually it's like are you on Spotify or, wh- or whatever you know what I mean that's so interesting I mean that's it's crazy. Olivia Washington though which is like the home of like the DIY punk music scene in the northwest so it kind of makes sense um there's so many people making music there, so many creative people, and it's a very like DIY place. So if anywhere you're going to be asked, what are you singing and do you have a band camp page? I think it's Olympia. <laughs> so, yeah. So when you're when you're doing these walks and uh, singing to yourself, do you um, do you find yourself like forgetting some melodies that you you've sung to yourself or was it a, a thing where it's like, OK, the thing that you're singing to yourself it was, it's, you remembered it because it was so catchy or you wanted to do something with it later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Usually it's like, I'm just, I've got an earworm and then I like come back and I try to figure out what I was doing. Um, and then like, like you were saying, like the human flaws part, it's like, there's no exact transcription. It's like, you've got this vibe or this feeling. Like I remember spider, like I came up, I was like taking a shower and I was like, spider like, and I was like, what is this? And then I was like, I just went and like wrote spider-like. So I don't like, I don't have any sort of like hard and fast process. <laughs> just like, I feel like when you're inspired by something, it's good to sort of like run with it and not really ask a lot of questions. Um, and don't get in the way of yourself. Like if you're feeling something, just like go try and figure out what you're doing. And like, I don't overanalyze anything. I mean, so yeah, but a, a lot of people have been like, oh, like your songs don't have like traditional pop structure. And it's like, yeah, because I, I didn't write it with a guitar with like pop structure in mind, but yeah, because <laughs> because I wrote them in this like meditative way, they kind of sound, they end up sounding that way, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, aside from an entire album that kind of came from these rainy walks, what yeah. are, are some of your biggest takeaways or, um, you know, things that, you know, that maybe you might have learned about yourself or because you're spending a lot of time with yourself or have you, you know, is it what other kind of benefits did, do you think that um, it helped you when you were taking these walks? Like, do you feel healthier? Do you feel um, a lot more creative inspired or just? Um, you know, just kind of like a mental release from the, whatever stresses of the day you had? Yeah, I mean, I think like during 2020, it was just like, I was inside a lot and I was just forced to be inside a lot. And especially like the beginning of the pandemic, like it was just a way to like get out, like literally leave my apartment for the day. And like, I'm still kind of in that mode. Like I'm probably going to go on a walk tonight just because it's like, I've literally not left my house today. And like, I just need to go outside. Um so yeah, I mean, I think there's that and just like getting the mental space from whatever I was caught up with during the day and um, just getting to know my neighborhood a little more. I mean, I don't, I'm not like a health nut. I'm not like, oh, I got to get my steps in. It's more just like, I haven't left my house today. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way because if I'm inside a lot, I'm like, okay, I need to like at least... Let me get some vitamin D just for, you know, a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a, take a walk, just take a, maybe a lap around the block or something like that. Because, 
you know, I don't know. Cause it's, it's when it's, I feel good. I don't know. Like, okay. I, yeah. I don't again, like you, like, like you said, I don't count my steps when <laughs> yeah. I get outside and walk around a little bit, I feel good at the end of it. So I, I keep doing it. Um, For sure. so you, you recently recorded a song with a violin made of car parts, right? Yes. So how, how many of your uncle-in-law's makeshift instruments have you used or plan to use? Oh. I, oh, he's amazing. I yeah. wish I had like his whole studio of instruments. We just have that one. Um, so he's incredible. His name is K, um, Ken Butler, KB. He goes by KB. Um, he lives in New York. He actually performed on Jay Leno once oh. um, back in the day. He's very, he's very like, I feel like I really put him in the sort of like David Byrne vibe. Like he's mm. sort of like, just quirky into like, I wouldn't, I don't know if he's into world music, but he's, he seems like he might be the kind of person um, who does it. He builds like musical contraptions. He's got all, he's like got this most amazing rent controlled space in New York. It's incredible. It's just like full of things he's built. Um, he also makes really cool visual art. We have a lot of his visual art pieces in our apartment, um, but only that one violin and it's not very resonant. So I actually used it to record, um, I have a song about um, a book gaining consciousness. Uh, and so I recorded these sounds to make it sound like a old, like sort of clock, like ticking noises. So I used the violin for that. Um, and then I used, I used my like real violin to record the sort of like more orchestral atmospheric string sounds that I'm putting on this next album. Um, Cause it's a little more of like that warm vibe. The, 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 the violin made out of car parts. I think if you hooked it up to like, um, what's it called? This like one of those mics that you people use for like electric violins that could be super cool, but it's not very resonant. So um, I used it for just that like sort of sound effect on this song. Um, but I did play around with different things with it but that's what I landed on with that one but I wish I had more he has like he has so many cool instruments but I don't we only have that one so what's your relationship with the violin oh my gosh that is a you don't even know what can of worms that is so I grew up uh playing classical music violin I also played piano um and like it's kind of like all I did growing up I have two older sisters they also do classical music my oldest sister is a professional uh, singer she lives in Germany and then my other sister went to conservatory for piano so like we all grew up in this like super intense classical music household I went to a performing arts high school where all I did was play violin all day um like we it's, it's actually a really interesting school. It's this place in North Carolina that's a public university and it has a high school attached to it. That's like a public boarding high school for arts. It's super cool. Like it's, I feel like every state should have one of these. Cause if you live in the state, you get to go there for free and just like do your art as a high schooler, which is really neat. Like every state should have that. Cause there's like dance and visual arts and drama. It was a really cool place to go to high school. So I played violin, like I literally played violin like six plus hours a day in high school and just got really burnt out on it. Cause I was just on that really intense classical music train and like didn't have sort of the confidence to engage with it on my own terms. So I kind of got to this point where I was like, I'm not good enough. I give up. And I quit playing violin. I quit kind of doing music for a little bit. And um, I stopped playing violin for about eight years. And I, I got into music again because I joined a Slavic acapella group in college. And that's sort of when I got into singing was doing that. Um, and that's where a lot of like my singing inspiration comes from. Um, and that was just a total departure from classical music because we didn't really use sheet music. It was totally different types of rhythm, totally different types of harmonies, lots of dissonance. It was it was very much about dance and sort of like different traditions in the Balkans, just very different than classical music, which is very like, in a lot of ways, very regimented. So 
I have only really gotten back into playing violin in the last like year. And it's been really cool to get back into it sort of in the context of doing my own like folktronica music because I'm like, I'm only gonna play exactly what I want it to sound like for this song that I'm working on. I'm not gonna try and be perfect and like play this classical music piece. Like I'm gonna do it on my own terms. So it's been really cool to come back to it and be like, I'm gonna do it on my own terms. And I have this vision for how I want it to sound. And it's been really, really fun. So um, yeah, and it's adding a really cool texture to these songs. It's just like this warmth, you know? And I, I love the way, I love the way these songs sound. Actually, the song I put, the demo I put on the tape doesn't have violin on it. So like I said, it's not super representative of a lot of the other songs I'm working on, but um, most of the album has violin, whether it's pizzicato or just like harmonics or maybe even like a melodic line, like almost all the other songs have violin on them. So um, it's been really, really cool. That was a long story, I'm sorry. You opened a can of worms. I'll tell you my whole life story. You ask me what my relationship with the violin is. I'm like, well, when I was born, my mom was like, here's a violin, you must play it now. So. Well, you're sorry. making my job in this show a lot easier, uh, which is I, I ramble uh. so much. No, that's good. That's good. That's why, you know, that's, I like people like that. I like people like artists that can talk about their art, which is great. So was the violin your first instrument? Yes. Oh, okay. Was, uh, let me ask you this. Was it the first instrument that like you, oh, this is my instrument or it's like just the first instrument that, you know, you played that was just kind of like not forced onto you, but like, let me just do it anyway. Kind of thing. Right. Or so no? that was violin because my oldest sister, Lydia played violin and I, I always wanted to be like her so hmm. you know do you have siblings I do I have two younger siblings younger you're the oldest see they yes. probably look up to you and they want to be like you that they have podcasts well my youngest brother I do the wrestling caucus with oh cool yeah and both so my see? brothers both my brothers come on my little underground because uh I, I, was, I talk about video games a little bit on the show yeah. so what I want to talk about games yeah. Um, sometimes I'll do it by myself or I'll bring my brothers in for their insight as well. So Aww. Yeah. Blue Summer was remixed by graduation. Right. Yes. So and all proceeds to the remix go to Vera Project. Yes. Tell me more about this organization and their importance to the Seattle arts community. Yes, 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 yes. So Vera Project is this all ages music and art space in the center of Seattle. It's in Seattle Center, which is where climate pledge arena is and kexp is and like all these other cool things and it's a space that traditionally has hosted shows for all ages which is rare um and they do a bunch of other cool kind of stuff they have a little recording studio they do screen printing they do all sorts of different like workshops um they've sort of been shut down during covid just because like their like tagline is like we're a safe space for like radical self-expression so like that's the kind of place that's just like we need to keep safety a priority and so I think they've been you know more closed than maybe other venues that were more like bottom line associated like we got to reopen because we got to get our profits up like they're a nonprofit, so um they've been closed down but like I just think I just feel so lucky to be able to make music and to have had the experiences to be able to do this and like I think everyone should have that. I mean, I just think it's so, like you were saying, it's like the most human thing to do. And I think it just helps people relate to each other. I think it helps people resolve conflict. They have outlets. So yeah, I just think it's, I think it's a really important space to be able to have. And like, I hope it is able to continue. I think they have pretty decent funding, but like, hey, we're able to throw 50, a hundred bucks to Vera project. That's cool. Um, so yeah. And like, we, we were kind of just under this thing of like, do we want to put it on streaming? Do we want to have it on Bandcamp? If we have it on Bandcamp, how do we split the proceeds? Cause like with a collaboration like that, like he did all the work to remix it, but I wrote the original song. So like, I don't really even know how you decide how to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. how you even split that like 50, 50, like, does that make sense? I don't know. But like, it just felt like a good time to donate the proceeds. I think that opens the door of this, like, 
you know, why aren't you donating all of your proceeds? It is a question I've asked myself, you know, sometimes I'm just like, maybe I should just donate everything I make on Bandcamp to, to charity, but um, it just seemed like a, a, a helpful thing to do in that moment, so. So when it comes to uh, remixing, I know you've said that you want to remix your songs for your live show. So do you want completely different experiences from, say, listening to the, the recording of your music as opposed to seeing you live? Do you want them to be separate? Well, I don't know if they're going to be so... I did write that on Instagram. Like, I'm remixing my songs. Mostly what I'm doing is changing up the percussion and then adding in some additional sort of like live mixing elements. Um, I've thought about kind of going the full no computer route and just like getting like a drum machine and kind of doing more like sampling and sort of just kind of like exploring that. The thing that I struggle with is I don't, I think a lot of times people get kind of caught up in not having a computer on stage versus like what is the experience of like listening to the music live and kind of like what is the compelling part of the performance um and I think frankly like I think the singing is probably the most compelling part of my performance so I'm trying to like not get too caught up in like all these other elements you know what I mean um because I think with solo acts like I've definitely seen people perform where they spend like 15 minutes like doing the loop, setting up the loops for the song. <laughs> and it's like, that's great, but it's not that interesting. <laughs> you know, I know you've ever been to a performance like that. <laughs> so I just, I, I'm kind of just at this point where like, I played the songs on my album live a lot. And I was just like, I could just practice them again and perform the, them again, or I could mix it up and like do something a little different and challenge myself. And I'm doing that. And I don't know if it's going to be dramatically different than what I've done before, but it's going to be a little different. I've rewritten some of the parts because I love giving myself more work to do. <laughs> so, um, but I, I don't know if you've ever seen like, uh, there, Grimes has a performance on KEXP from 2012 that was one of the like inspiration points for me to be like, I can perform live. I can do this. And she does a lot of like live mixing and sample, like triggering of samples and stuff like that. Um, obviously her music's very different than mine, but like, that's definitely a point of inspiration. Like how can you, how can you pick out the elements that are compelling and then sort of like amplify them and mix them up so that someone who's maybe seen you perform live before might see something slightly different um, if they come to a different show. So that's kind of what I'm aiming for. It's just like, hey, like people have come to my shows before should keep coming to my shows because I'm not going to just do the same thing every single time. And you're giving people a reason to leave the house, especially, you know, these days. It's kind of, I know for me, there are there are so many shows that I want to go to in the New York yeah. area. But given the state of society and this little disease as it running around, I yeah. and financially, of course, concerts are not yeah. cheap, even at the small level, they add up. So mm -hmm. there's got to be a reason for me to go see some of these shows. So I think that's cool that you're, you know, taking that extra step to make, you know, to make people want to see you live. So yeah. you know, I know you're doing some shows in the Seattle area. Um, yeah. Have you ever thought about, um, you know, coming, you know, going, you know, guess, I guess going on a tour. Ooh, I album. would love to go on a tour. I feel like there hasn't been like a good time recently to kind of even plan that. Yeah. I think if I were to do that, I would want to kind of team up with someone or have sort of like, what's it called when you have sort of like, um, you know, like sort of different events that I'm sort of planning around. Like I would want to have like some really cool shows planned and then kind of like plan around that. Um, it's expensive to do. And I do have a job that I have, I can't take too much time off of, but like, um, my sister lives in Berlin and one dream I have is to someday play in Europe just so I can hang out uh, in Germany more. Cause I love, I love Germany actually. Um, but I do have some friends in New York. Um, so I would love if anyone wants to help me like organize a tour sometime after my next album comes out, I would love that. But um, yeah, my other secret hope is that like somehow I, find a way to like be able to tour with a bigger artist 
um, just so some of the planning is taken off of my my uh, to-do list because it's a lot to plan. I, I know some people have organized small tours and if you're kind of like an indie artist that no one knows, it's like you're sending out a lot of emails. You're, I mean, it's like, it's a lot of hours put into. So I think it's like, at this point, my energy are being put into producing new music and finishing this next album. And then depending on how that goes, I could see maybe trying to do something more ambitious for touring. But I think with COVID and just like everything else, it just hasn't made any sense to do it. Um, yeah, and I, and I mean, I think it's a question like for you too, like, do you think it makes sense for super indie artists who have no draw in like most cities to go on tour? I mean, I think it's, to me, it's a bit of an open question. It feels like it might just be a kind of really demoralizing and like frustrating, but I could be wrong. I think there, to me, there, there are two things to what you just said. For me, the reason why I asked you is because uh, it was a selfish question, question because I want to see you live. <laughs> so no. th that's it. So, but, but everything you said about real life, you have a job and again, you're, you're a smaller artist. So the return on the investment that is going on tour is going to be very, very small. Yeah. Um, I've heard plenty of stories where artists coming back from tour completely broke and I don't want that to happen to a lot of people. So I think yeah. what you said, as far as like, you know, cause I think about like, like artists and the music, I care about the music, you know, I don't care who you're going on tour with. I care about the yeah. music. So if yeah. you're putting out great music, that's all that matters. If I like what, what you said, you're focusing on that because that's important because yeah. people are not going to want to pay to see you if your music sucks, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's gotta be good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, instead yeah. of putting like crappy demos on, on Bandcamp on Bandcamp Day, put out a really good record that you worked on and that, you know, people are going to pay for because I'm going to pay for some good shit. You know what I mean? I will. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. This album, like, I don't know if you've ever had a project where you're just like, you build up layers of meaning in your mind and you're like, when this finally is out in the world, I don't know how many of the layers people are going to know about, but even if they get some of them, that's okay. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Um, I'm not a musician. However, however, when you, when, cause there's a lot of music that I listen to, uh, especially the stuff that I consider that age. Well, like um, I, again, you start to peel back some of the layers after listening to it a million times, especially something that you really like. Like yeah. I don't hear my bloody Valentine the same way that yeah. I do when I first heard them because I love that. I've loved their music for so long. It's like, okay, wow. I didn't notice that thing that Kevin Shields did or this way that Belinda butcher is singing a guy or whatever. Like, Oh, I didn't know. Like, Oh my God, there's lyrics to the stereo lab song. That's very interesting. I'm, I'm yeah. just in it for the, the, the bloops and the bleeps, but wow, there's more to you than that. So I think again, the better your music is, and the more I, the more replay value it has, the yeah. more the layers are going to start to come. To me. Yeah. I I hope I hope you have that experience with the music I released this year. I'm very excited about it. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me tell you this: when uh, I'm listening to a guide to the unusual, uh, the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I think I really like your voice and I think oh, your you. voice came, you know, into the forefront the second time I listened to it. And the arrangements are really cool too. But I'm when I get the tape in the mail, I'm going to listen to it again to see how one, you sound on cassette and two, like, you know, really starting to peel back some of the layers that uh, you were talking about. But again, you know, you seem very giddy about your new project. Um, what are some things you can tell me about this new thing that you might want to share? Oh. Well, I will say one thing that I'm doing that I just, I recently did, and that I'm going to be doing soon again is um, recording vocals in a studio. So I'm going to have like studio recordings of all my vocals, which I think is just, it's so interesting as someone who like is mixing my own music. And I've learned so much about mixing the past year. It's just like when you have really great recordings, you don't have to do much when you put them into the mix because they sound great. And like, it's just that dynamic range and the like um, emotion really comes through. So 
that is something that I did for, I've, I've recorded vocals for four songs and I've been finalizing the mixes for those and like kind of like elevating the mixes, adding in these atmospheric elements. And I'm just like, oh man, like, I feel like a lot of times when people interact with my music, they say what you say, they're like, I love your voice. And I'm like, I feel like you can't really hear my voice on Guided Unusual, but like, oh my gosh, you're going to love these new recordings because um, you can really hear my voice so much better with these excellent recordings. And so um, that's just something I'm so excited about. So the demo that's on the tape does not have the studio recordings, just a caveat. It is from my bedroom mic, which is right next to me. This is what I, this is what I use to record Guided Unusual, just this mic, just this shitty mic. So yeah, but conceptually, um, conceptually I'll say it's sort of, it's sort of a haunted house album. Um, yeah. And I realized recently that like a lot of the music I really like is kind of haunted house music. Um, not like literally haunted house, but just that feeling of like being hemmed in and something magical is happening in the corner. Like that's kind of the vibe. Um, and I think it's definitely reflective of a year that, you know, as claustrophobia of being inside and being constrained and feeling like there's no future, like how does your brain react to that? How does your spirit react to that? And I think a lot of people, my response to it is like, like to go into the like magical, the magical realm. So there's definitely like spooky elements and then sort of like magical elements. Um, and, yeah, there's a little bit of like an ocean vibe, water. There's lots of watery, lots of water on this album. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Uh, like, I think not that emojis really like sum up anything, but like, I feel like I'm using the mermaid emoji more. Like I'm going to more into like mermaid spider web emoji. That's like more where I'm landing versus like a year ago, it was like, all spider webs. So now I'm like mermaid spider web black heart emoji. That's like where I'm at. So to give the really like simplistic summation of like this album. Um yeah. So yeah, I just, I just like I think a lot of the songs have so I changed up my percussion. So and got the unusual I was using a drum machine. And so for this album I'm using a um using like basically like drum kit you know like not it's not a drum machine and I think the percussion has a little bit more um I don't know uh urgency or sort of like I find it a little more compelling so that's something major that I've changed up is how I do the percussion and that's been really fun um so yeah I think there's de definitely some production elements that are totally different and then like the vibe is way is a little more spooky haunted house <laughs> so yeah i'll stop there i don't want to give it away i love um water in music because um uh, my favorite album from the ravenettes Peahi, is it's very watery there's a lot of okay. ocean going on there um, yeah what what kind of and i like a lot of surf music too there's a lot of music that brings me to the beach like listening to la luce a seattle band oh um, yeah they, they bring me to the water all the time uh, sometimes totally. seagull music you know some of his stuff does too so what kind of haunted music do you enjoy Ooh, haunted you know, uh, any music that like aligns with your haunted house metaphor i feel i've been i've been on a big blonde redhead phase recently blonde are you a blonde redhead, redhead fan i i've never heard of blonde redhead <gasps> no where, where can i find their music are they on Bandcamp? They're on Bandcamp and the album I've been listening to a lot on Bandcamp is newer to me, but it's, it is definitely a haunted house album. And let, let me give you the name because I'm really bad with names. One okay. moment, one moment. Okay. The album is called Melody of Certain Damaged Lemons. That's a great name. And it's kind of like if Radiohead had a dreamy female vocalist. Hmm. Okay. It's Blonde Redhead is one of, I think they're super underrated um blonded redhead just blonde blonde yeah blonde redhead so the, i feel like they are very in a lot of ways to me haunted house music. oh and they're from new york too yeah they've got like a noise like i think like for me haunted house is sort of like dissonance noise 
And also like, I feel like the ethereal female vocals just, yeah. Like if you had a ghost in your house, it would probably sound like that, so. Like listening uh, to Elizabeth Frazier. Her voice is just. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Unbelievable. Just oh. unbelievable. Cocktail Twins is one of, I just, there's an album they have. I'm so bad. It's called like The Moon and the Melodies. That one is really good. The one that has, or is it Harold Budd? I'm blanking. I'm going to find it. One moment. The Moon and the Melodies, I think. I think that's what it's called. I think like their first like few yes. albums are very spooky. And they're yes. like, yes, heaven, yes. heaven, Las Vegas, they're getting like, you know, okay, we, we are outside now. We're not inside this dark room anymore. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> yes. I mean, I love things that are super wall of sound. Yeah. I would say this, this album that I'm producing is like one of my songs literally has sound effects in it. Like it has, like, it sounds like you're on a boat. Like I recorded some sounds that are just like, sounds like you're in a boat and then there's like violin so the song literally takes place on a boat in a sea so I did try to add these like atmospheric elements so some of the songs literally have like water in them one of the songs I'm probably going to release this summer um is called I'm the lake perfect for the summer oh you're gonna have to come back you're gonna have to come back and talk about you know whenever you're ready to put out this, this I kind of want to do like a live performance at a lake like that's kind of my dream so like oh, do an man. album release show like outside and like yeah just have it be you're, a you're speaking my language you're speaking my language I love outdoor shows not festivals Ooh. just outdoor shows yeah artists playing outside I like that bring a picnic blanket yeah yes tons of yes. food water you gotta yeah. stay hydrated yes all right, I'm not going to let you go until you tell me about uh, some wrestling shows that you've been to. Like, what was the last one that you went to? What did you see? Okay, I went to one, I want to say it was in, it was in November with my friend. I, okay, so my friend Chris is like an epic re- wrestling fan. And he's sort of the person who's gotten me back into it. Okay. He's the kind of person who also like on the weekend, he only wears wrestling shirts. It's kind of like me sometimes, yeah. Yeah, when you have someone in your life who's like super into something and you want to hang out with them and be their friend, you fundamentally just have to get into their thing too. I did grow up watching wrestling on TV um, because I'm I'm 34. So like when I was a kid, like I guess it was WWF, WWE was like, it was just on TV at all times. So the last show I went to, I think it was called like SOS. I want to say it was Defy Wrestling. I'm not entirely sure who the promoter was. And yeah, I I can't tell you the names of anyone except Daniel Maccabi definitely performed. And he was great. And uh, yeah, I I just love, I love the performance aspect of it. I love the threat of violence that hangs in the air. You don't know if someone's going to get hurt seriously. I mean, like, that is just an element of, like, and I think, like, like seeing a live music show, it's just, like, people are creating this thing in front of you in real time, and, like, that is just a cool thing to be part of. And, like, I love yelling at them. I love going, boo! Yeah. Um, And then, like, the, the place I go to, I don't know how common this is, but, like, Whenever they say like solid steel, the audience goes solid steel. And so whenever there's anything, there's all these audience things, you know, that are really fun. It's very Um, interactive. It's super interactive. And I think like live music could like learn something from wrestling maybe a little bit because like they make these shows for the audience, you know, and like, it's so fun to go to a wrestling show and then you're hoarse the next day and you're like, wow, that was great. And like, there's all these personalities and I don't really understand the backstory, but like, I know it's important and here we are. And so like, I think music, yeah, music's a lot of the same way, but I, I feel like a lot of indie musicians kind of forget that you, like we were saying earlier, you gotta get people out of their homes off of TikTok and into the, you know, out into the, out into the venues. And so you have to like create something that's compelling and uh, wrestling definitely does that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, do, do you watch yeah. wrestling on TV? still or no? I don't know like sometimes I do at my friend's Chris my friend Chris's house because like I said he's so super into it um 
but like I'm not I feel like I'm sort of like a secondary fan you know like it's sort of like if I had a friend who was in a band which I do like I have friends in bands and I try to go to their shows and like I would probably go to their shows sometimes if I weren't their friend but I go way more because I'm their friend so I feel like when you have a friend who's super into wrestling and like you enjoy it too kind of like draws you in but if I didn't have this friend, I, I don't know if I would have gone to all these shows and that would be sad, but I'm not like an informed wrestling fan. So I'm sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> I didn't bring you on here to talk wrestling. I think it's cool that you, you, you appreciate the craft. Uh, it's really it cool. And it yeah, seems it is, like it's, it's so hard on these people's bodies. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting hurt for show. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, like, I don't even understand how some of these people do it. Like, they seem kind Same. of old and like they're getting injured. And I'm just like, are you okay? They love it. I'm telling like some a lot of wrestlers that, that you know that you know that I love to this day when I hear them talk in interviews, they just they love it. They love the physicality, yeah. they love the crowd, they love everything about it. It's they get emotional, like wrestlers cry a lot. They get really oh. emotional a lot. Yeah, they really they they love their craft. They love what they do. Yeah. There was one wrestler. Um, he, he wrestles now. He's he's okay now. Um, in WWE, he was known as Daniel Bryan. And to, okay. like, but he was known as, as his real name and as he is right now, Brian Danielson. So he had to retire five years ago, right? Tons of injuries, okay. concussions. So he went on Monday Night Raw to retire. And I watched it and I shed a tear. It was it was because oh. I loved watching him. And yeah. it was, and he was just so emotional and it was, it, it was, it was sad, but it was good. Cause you know, he was healthy and alive. Some wrestlers, you know, they don't make it to past a certain age sometimes in the past. So, but yeah, it was really emotional. And then when he came back to wrestle, it was even more emotional in a good way. So I'm, he's still wrestling now, which is amazing. So yeah, yeah. it's very, it's a very emotional craft. So. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I mean, it's, I, I mean, we could talk about this at another point, but like, I yeah. kind of wonder if it's had a resurgence because yeah. there's like nostalgia for WWF, or have it has it always just been sort of like going strong? Or yeah, there there is a there is a, a nostalgia for for the past, uh, of course. Um, you know, uh, as far as like, you know, it's not really as popular as it was in the mainstream, but like, what's happening now is like the niche of wrestling is as strong as it's ever been the niche of it yeah. like the the people yeah. that are very hardcore that love it that is the loudest voice in wrestling now um yeah. people like you not so much it's not yeah. so much like like casual viewers that much anymore there's a right. lot of the sh the people who watch wrestling now really love wrestling so that's what i feel want. like yeah. music is kind of becoming like that too like indie yes. music is kind of like that too uh, like I, even more so intensity yeah think of okay, band camp, right yeah so like band camp there's a lot of artists on band camp right but like the average music listener listener does have no idea what fucking band camp is uh, the average music list, music listener doesn't listen to an album front to back because yeah. a lot of their favorite artists a put out 24 track albums or they're just they listen to a playlist and then that that's the end of the, the day that, that's yeah. it you know what i mean yeah but there's very few people that like are buying cassettes and buying records yeah. and buying CDs or going out or buying music. That yeah. niche of mute of, of music listeners is like, it's so different. Like it's separate from like, just saying you love music can be two different universes now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. saying we love music. We can have so much, we could have nothing in common. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's insane because my yeah. best of at the end of the year my end of the year list is going to be it may be completely different from what you're listening to yeah i would be curious though now to know what you're best of but maybe you'll just have to email it to me <laughs> absolutely you know you gotta you gotta come back you're definitely gonna come I, back sure yeah. this yes. has been very lovely to chat with you absolutely uh you're a bit you're, a bit, you're very talkative which is awesome so I'm this sorry. is your time <laughs> no don't uh, why are you apologizing? That I like that. You, this is a, a podcast. You know, you need to talk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This is your time. Plug away. Tell people where to buy Mount Fog's music, stream it, whatever. Yes. Okay. I will recommend everyone to follow me on Bandcamp. And you can get my cassette of Guided Unusual 
I recently had a Seattle artist design t-shirts and I think the design is really spot on. I love it. So I've got some t-shirts for sale, long sleeve. I'm all out of CDs. So we got cassettes, we got the digital album. And then if you're in Seattle area, obviously like follow me on Instagram to know about shows. And then, yeah, I'm planning to release new music starting this summer. Um, I'll probably do an album announcement, I think in May. This is very ambitious. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, and this is this album is definitely like a massive work of love. Everything I do is a work of love. And uh, I would just say, yeah, like follow people on Bandcamp, but like, engage with them in like authentic ways. And uh, if you meet them at a show, say hi. So yeah, that's it really. I guess if you're on Spotify, follow me on Spotify. I put zero energy into streaming. You don't even so, have a Spotify account. So <laughs> I don't even have a Spotify account. I used to like care and I just like can't bring myself to care anymore. So if you're, if streaming's your thing, by all means do it. Um, but I encourage you to also like, mix up how you're listening to music and like buy something from Bandcamp and yeah that's it that's my plug thank you so much mountain fog this has been an amazing conversation <laughs> and again you gotta come back you have to come back because you have I'll music come back. out and yeah we'll talk we'll talk some more trash yeah this is great thanks so much Peter absolutely you have a good night yeah okay bye